EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk by Lifeway. Join host Marty Dern as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. Subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher or listen online at lifewaypastors.com. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for the Established Church by Established Church Pastors. My name is Josh King, and I am so glad that you are joining us today on this episode. It's a little bit different. We actually had this one sent in via request. So those times that you send us ideas through Twitter or Facebook, you think, are they really listening to us? We are. In fact, we are. One of the questions that we often get is, Hey, what about us northern guys? All of the EST regular hosts, in particular, uh, myself, Micah, and Sam, are typically in the south, and that's probably because most established churches are in the south, and most of our listeners do come from the south. We've got Chattanooga and Bradenton and Dallas. And um, so some people are like, you know, well, do y'all have any input on northern churches? Well, not personally, but we wanted to grab somebody and bring them in. Before I introduce our guest on the show today to talk about Northern Established Church Pastoring. I want to introduce my co-host today, not new to most of you. It is Andrew Abear. What's going on today, Andrew? Hey, Josh. Good to be here. You doing all right? I'm doing great. Just finished preparing my sermon for Sunday, so it's a great feeling. That's going to be, that is a good feeling. When that's done, you got everything (laughs) done. I know you have that new uh, college ministry shirt on. That's looking really good. I do. You know, you got to have some good swag when you have a new college ministry going. So that's really important, a priority. Yeah. And you guys do. You guys do. Such a great ministry. We should probably talk about college ministry sometime. I think that's exciting. Be great. Yeah. So, all right. Our guest on the show today is a long, long time friend of mine. We grew up in the same town, kind of went to the same junior college together. And then now we're pastoring on you know, different sides of the, the great United States here, up and down-wise. Uh, Stephen Woodard is a friend of mine. He's the pastor at Nashua Baptist Church in Nashua, New Hampshire, I'm pretty sure. As yeah. a Texan, one of our fatal flaws, at least for me, both of you guys are Texans, I understand that, but I really, I truly, you know those those shirts that's like Texas and ain't Texas? That's literally my geographical understanding of everything. So anybody north of the Red River is a Yankee. And I just, I just don't understand anything much past that. Stephen, it's how not are my you? geographical understanding, but it, it is basically the way I see the world. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Uh, like, like y'all said, I am Texas born and bred, but uh, by God's grace, I am up in New Hampshire now. I, I love it here. While it's not Texas, it's pretty awesome in and of itself, and so I'm having a good time. Cool. How cold does it get in the winter there? It's cold. Let's just leave it at that. It's uh, cold. Is it snowing right now? Because that's my understanding no, of the weather. No, as well. no, but fall is coming, and so I got lots of people uh, sending me emails and text messages saying, "Hey, are leaves changing? I may come and visit." Yeah. And so uh, I expect to be having a lot of house guests soon. It's not, you know, it's not. I don't mean it to be like ignorant, but I guess I am because right now I just truly imagine that it's snowing outside of your window, Stephen, <laughs> and there's a dust storm outside of it, Andrew's window in, uh, you know, Amarillo. That's just. That's how I would imagine. That's how it works, man. 
No, it won't snow yet, but when it does start snowing, it will make its presence known. I think I shoveled about seven or eight feet worth of snow uh, last winter. So. Oh, wow. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen seven or eight feet of snow. Yeah, it was piled pretty high outside my house after a while. Yeah, yeah. horizontal so, or yeah. any other way have I ever seen were, seven feet Yeah, of snow. come visit during that time. It'll be fun. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, ending up there in Nashua. Well, uh, right out of college, I'm a Dallas Baptist grad. Right out of college, I worked for the North American Mission Board doing college ministry in Connecticut. Fell in love with New England, uh, but after four years, it was time to move home. I was newly married and needed to to be doing something else uh, and had been itching to get back to New England. you know, ever since. And so six years later, God allowed me to come back and I'm pastoring a church now. And it's a great situation, man. Uh, I'm, I adore my church. Uh, it's a healthy situation for me and I love it. Cool. Stephen, yeah. what are, what are some of the cultural differences that you've just observed <clears throat> since you've been, been, been there as opposed to serving in a, man, everybody uh, Southern a context or in fan. Texas? <laughs> How many years have you served? We're, we're taping this on a on a day that they actually play tonight, and so uh, yeah, it's everybody's wearing Patriots gear, and it's kind of disgusting. How many How many years have you served at that church? I'm new. I'm new. I'm still less than a year in. I'm about okay. ten months in now. Okay, gotcha. That's fantastic. Well, besides the Patriots thing, besides cheering for people who can't win without cheating, what is other cultural? differences that you have there uh man people don't seem to have time for for surface level stuff uh like coming from texas it's uh you know everybody has a thousand friends they barely know uh and in in new england the culture is very different in terms that uh you don't have a lot of short conversations with people but you have a lot of deep conversations with people Hmm. so once you kind of cross the barrier of friendship uh, and it takes a while to do but once you finally get there man the friends are good Friends are real good. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it makes ministry different but interesting. Uh, and so uh, that and people love to be outdoors here. Uh, that's not something that exists in the Dallas area. Uh, <laughs> you, you hurry up and get back to your air-conditioned space and, and move on. Uh, but there's a lot of community-minded, let's get outside and do something together, hang out in the park kind of stuff, and that makes it fun. Hmm. Andrew, have you ever done ministry up north? Never. Uh, no. In fact, the uh, my wife and I just took a trip to New York City. That was the furthest north I've ever been. Oh, really? Yeah. I flew into Chicago one time and preached uh, for a youth event. I think they uh, they put me on a bus and we went like an hour even you know further north or some direction, not exactly north because we've been yeah, not really you know not into the water, but off the other direction and uh, and that was what, I did see a lot of snow. I think it was about a foot and a half of snow when I woke up the next morning and it was the weirdest thing because it wasn't there. When I went to bed, there was no snow, and I woke up, and then just everything's covered in this blanket. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. What What about um? What What are some of the? I mean, we talk about it like it's a completely different world and culture, and it is. But what are some it of is. The, yeah, because <laughs> the Patriots. What are some of the similarities you've observed? Like, you know, we often joke about every church has that one guy, and every church has financial problems, regardless <laughs> of the size. Yeah, what what are some of the similarities you've seen in Nashua? And and remind me, what was the name of the church you were serving at here in Texas? Fairdale Baptist in Hemp Hill. Okay. Yeah, yeah. little bitty place. Yeah. Um, similarities? Uh, man, at the end of the day, uh, the gospel is 
preached the same way everywhere. People think that they're in the category of good and they're not, and they need Jesus, right? And so in the Bible Belt, people use Christian vocabulary to describe themselves as good. And here in New England, they use a secular vocabulary. And so at the end of the day, it's all about bridging the gap of, actually, let's talk about that because you're not. And and Jesus comes to fix that problem. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's just a different vocabulary, really. And so ministry is similar in a lot of ways. You just preach the gospel faithfully. And the churches that preach the gospel faithfully are usually the healthiest churches. Stephen, in in Amarillo, there are like 250 plus churches just in the immediate vicinity of where I'm pastoring. <laughs> I'm assuming it's not the same way in New Hampshire. No, it's not even the same way if you count all of them that don't exist in the evangelical <laughs> category. Um, so there's 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 lots of churches that are definitely ascribing to very different affiliations. Uh, according to what I understand, as best to my knowledge, there are three Southern Baptist churches in the city of Nashua. Uh, our church a very small church plant on the other end of town where uh, a city of about 100,000 people, maybe a little less, and then a Korean church that meets in our building. Hmm. So basically three churches. And then there's some others in communities uh, outlying away from us, but it's it's pretty spread apart. I'm making an assumption here, but I would assume it's it's a lot lonelier as a pastor in that kind it of context. Be, yeah. How do yeah. you cope? How have you – I mean, I know you're still in your first year there, but how have you coped with that? That's sure, a great sure, question, sure. yeah. Um, so it can be an island at times, and uh, you can find yourself in the rut just as easily of, of competing for sheep. And when there's less sheep to compete for, it, it feels like more of a competition. But more often than not, you cooperate really, really well with other churches. To, to come across a guy who's preaching the same thing you're preaching ends up being a breath of fresh air. And so, uh, you know, there's the guy that has the church plant in, uh, in our town. Uh, he and I meet for coffee every once in a while, and, and that's a good conversation. Uh, it, we we want to help each other succeed uh, because that that's good for each other. That's good for the city of Nashua. Um, it's also true that we cooperate on associational levels really really well. Um, I meet with uh, uh, kind of what would be, would be considered our association here. All of Southern Baptist pastors in New Hampshire uh, would you know, probably only thirty or forty churches. Uh, we meet together for prayer once a month, and we we get. You know, we eat together and we do stuff together. And I mean, that, that's a good thing. I'm connected with our state convention here. Uh, I'm about to start serving on our board of directors for the Baptist Convention of New England. All right? mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not because I'm something awesome, but because we cooperate together really well. And they're always pulling new people in and those kinds of things. And, and so um, there are means available. Uh, and you can either take advantage of those means or, or not. Uh, but usually if you put the work in, cooperation goes really, really well. I'm curious, you said something a minute ago about, uh, you know, it's different vocabulary. What does it look like? You know, I can, we know everybody down here that's sort of churchy culture or Christian culture, but not actually Christians. What does it look like to be good in the North? What What is that? What are the characteristics? Usually voting Democrat for a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember when I moved to New England the first time, I got gasoline at, at a place and still had Texas plates on my truck. And literally the first conversation I had with somebody random at a gas pump was, do you vote for Bush? Uh, it just came out of them. Uh, and so there, there is a little bit of a progressive mindset in some ways. Uh, there's a lot of community-oriented things, like I said. Uh, pluralism is a big deal here to each his own. Uh, and so as you, know, you believe what you want and just keep it out of my life and my world and what I have to deal with and that kind of thing. Um, but at the end of the day, it's you – know, they, they, 
everyone thinks that they're in the category good and they use their own vocabulary to describe it. Hmm. Well, that's so interesting because a lot of people down here think they're in the category of good because of who they voted for and, you know, some yeah. of the things that they're involved in socially. And It's almost so, like they're all people. It's, <laughs> we're all the same sort of messed up. So what was yeah. surprising to you as you went into that culture that, you know, we can sit here and make our assumptions about the North and things. Mm-hmm. What was just totally you did not expect? What did I not expect? Well, this is my second stint, so there was a lot of expectations that were fair. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. What did I not expect? We can I don't know. It. I have to pass. Yeah. Talk, yeah. talk to me a little more about the relationships between the pastors, and particularly those who aren't Baptists. You, you shared about being with the Baptist and the other... Sure. Uh, how, how does that work? Because, you know, you said there's three... Southern Baptist Church is possibly in Nashua. How big is Nashua? Somewhere between eighty and a hundred thousand people. They don't keep very good count on that. Wow. So there's a. I think there's three Southern Baptist churches on the corner um, that I'm yeah. sitting on right now, and um, I always say it's not because we believe in missions. It's because we can't get along. But <laughs> what are the what are the similar? What do you you know hanging out with the other non-Baptist? How does that uh-huh. work? Does it feel better and closer in those contexts? Yeah, you, you have to decide going into it who's on your team and who's not. Um, you have to, to decide, you know, are, are we talking about the same Jesus? Are we talking about the same gospel? Uh, and and things that exist in the open hand have to exist in the open hand. Um, mm. you, you can't get you can't get ornery about that. Has having the name Baptist in your church's name, has that hampered your ability to, to reach out to people? Yeah, sometimes it has. Um, I find myself explaining what it means to be Southern Baptist, and I, I find myself sometimes unpacking how things have shifted from what they may have heard in the past or new stories that have had our names attached to it. Uh, the whole Great Commission Baptist thing uh, that, that went on a few years ago, uh, we have that as an alternative name, but we don't really use it much because the people who know who we are mostly don't care, um, but Sometimes I have to explain our terms. That's basically all it is. And if you have to explain Baptist, you certainly have to explain Great Commission. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. So it's it's whatever. So you so Baptist is in the name of your church there. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it assumed? It can't be assumed that you're Southern Baptist. It would be American Baptist or something like that. Yeah. Usually people, when they associate Baptist, they immediately go to uh, American Baptist in this context. Um it does say Southern on our sign, I believe, okay. uh, somewhere on there. I don't pay very close attention to our sign. <laughs> um, but you have to answer some theological questions sometimes because there's some baggage attached to that. Right. Uh, but usually if you just kind of walk through, here's who we are, here's kind of who we were and what we changed, uh, sometimes that's usually a wall that comes down pretty quick. Hmm. Well, the the what I'm thinking about is this: when you do start to describe Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. what is their assumption? What do they tie that with? In the in the now, I mean, and I do need to make this kind of little distinction here. We're talking a lot about Southern Baptist. I'm only interested in that. I do realize <laughs> a lot of our listeners yeah. are not Southern Baptist, and so um, we're you know we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're listening and stuff like that. But I, I think it would apply anywhere you went. So if you were sure. if you were First United Methodist. I think there would be a different implication where you are and the different kind of, uh, I don't know, the, the context there. So when you're talking about denominations that are particularly 
dominant in the South, like uh, yeah. the United Methodist or Southern Baptist, maybe the Assemblies of God, things like that. What would they immediately associate with Southern Baptist? What's the first thing that pops in their head if you say Southern Baptist? Yeah, I, it's, it's, it really depends on their baggage a lot of times, the things that are kind of their pet uh, stance or project. Uh, some people, it's uh, positions on sexual issues. Some people, it's positions on uh, slave issues of the past. Some people are genuinely just like, well, you're not in the South, so why would you call it Southern? And so, Do they say it with uh, a Southern accent like that? No, that's me making fun of people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, it's it's pretty much usually those three things, honestly. Um, Sexuality, because, yeah, everybody's, and location. Yeah, and you know, because mm-hmm. of political cycles and things like that, usually Southern Baptists or people who are titled Southern Baptists pop up in the news. And so that's their associations with that kind of stuff are – by and large from what they've been told or what they've read not what they've experienced and so sometimes i'm i'm knocking down straw men you've been listening to est a conversation about the established church with our hosts sam rayner josh king and micah freeze we'll be back shortly after a brief message from our sponsors hey this is josh i wanted to take a few moments just to talk to you about one of our est sponsors trained up As a pastor, you know that you need to train your volunteers. You also know that that is one of the hardest things possible to do. Trying to get their schedules in order, trying to get everybody to show up, planning and organizing the whole thing can take a lot of your pastoring time away from you. With this resource, Trained Up has not only cut the amount of training meetings in half, it's also significantly increased participation by up to 40%. And that's a win for everybody. Not to mention that Trained Up already has courses built in with just about every ministry area you can think of. So even if you don't know what to cover, they've got you covered. And now for a limited time only, Trained Up is offering a 50% discount on their multi-ministry package for two years. Go to trainedup.org to get started today. Thank you to our sponsors who help further the mission of EST. If you'd like to partner with us and have us spotlight your ministry, go to estchurch.com for more information. Now, let's get back to the show. Stephen, kind of changing the subject a little bit, I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast pastor or serve in the context of an established church, but also a lot of us really have an interest in church planting. Sure. And from the perspective of an established church, helping start new work elsewhere, and particularly in the north and and the Northwest and some of these unchurched areas, I know like North American Mission Board and Acts 29 and some of these other church planning networks have focused on some of these, like the Northeastern Northwest or the West Coast, you know, places that are not part of the Bible Belt. From your perspective as a pastor in the North, what's the best way for, for a guy like me who pastors in Texas? How, how can we get involved? How can we be a support to you? How can we be helpful in terms of established churches up North, but also uh, church planting? Man, uh, there's a reason why Boston is a sin city, uh, a church planting emphasis for the North American Mission Board. Um, it, it's because it, it's needed. I was in Boston this morning. Uh, I, we went and uh, fed some international students at MIT. Uh, our church has a connection there with some people who are doing work on that campus. And, uh, man, it, it's it's a city that desperately needs gospel work. And uh, NAM's Sin City initiative is an incredible, strong one. It's it's a big deal. But as far Just as to like, clarify, are you yeah. saying Sin City? Sin, sin, sin. That's sin Vegas. Yeah. Boston, Boston likes to advertise itself as Vegas sometimes, but it's not the same. Um, yeah. So church planting in Vegas the Boston with area, a cardigan. 
<laughs> church planning in these areas are usually poured into very, very heavily, and it's a good thing. It's necessary and all that kind of stuff. Um, we, we play our part in it. Um, we're an established church kind of in that area. Um, we don't work so much with, with the Boston church plants, but we got a couple of church plants in in Nashua that uh, we're very interested in seeing be successful. Um, that, that SBC church plant that I was talking about a second ago, uh, they've had a few mission teams come up this summer and we hosted their mission teams for them. Uh, and so uh, it's all, it always is going to come back to a resource issue more often than not. Um, established churches in new England don't have a lot of resources. Uh, the church plants in new England have even less. And so uh, we believe that, that God's called us to use what we what we've got to the best of our ability to uh, you know spread His kingdom here, and so we're we're going to be other churches focused in some ways. Um, and so, whether you're passionate about church planting or you're passionate about helping the established church, at the end of the day, both of those groups of people need resources and teams coming up so that they can help each other. And it's so fascinating. There's a bunch of things that I would have just assumed, and. Um a lot of things that you're breaking down in just a second. I'd like to talk a little bit more about those assumptions that people in the South make of those churches in the North and um, just kind of clarify a little bit about what we think we see when we're talking about established churches in the North. So we've been talking about um, with Stephen Woodard about established churches in the North and pastoring an established church there. We, we did kind of digress a little bit and go into some Southern Baptist in-house talk there, which I hope if you're listening, that doesn't really turn you off to listening, but it's just kind of a, a context in which we can discuss these things. Stephen's been sharing with us some of the things about, you know, um, church planning and the perception of people and denominations there and kind of unpacking baggage. And one of the best lines I think I've heard all day is that we're all just kind of, we consider ourselves in the category of good. It's just kind of different vocabulary and expressing the gospel there. Stephen, let me ask you a question on this. For many of us, I think the idea is like, okay, so if you're just a run-of-the-mill pastor, then, you know, pastor in the South. If you're a really good pastor, you'll pastor in the South in an urban context, kind of, something like that. But if you're like the Green Berets, you know, you'll pastor in the North, the Northeast, the Northwest, something crazy like that. If you're slightly off your out of your mind, you'll pastor in Denver. So there's all these different places that you might pastor. What are some of the things that are easier about pastoring in the North or just, you know, they're, they're just easier to come by. Man, you get to, you get to start from the ground up when you come to, to Christian concepts and worldview and vocabulary. You don't have to unpack bad understandings. A lot of times Um, there's a nominal Catholic background at best. Uh, in New England, and uh, they, you know, so they may have some vocabulary, but a lot of times it's even a, it's it's not even a post-Christian context. It's sometimes a, a pre-Christian context. And so, one of the things you have you get to do is you get to explain the gospel to someone who literally may never have heard it before. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have to, when you don't have to tear down all the things that they misunderstand about the gospel in order to build the proper foundation, man, that's gold. Mm-hmm. I love that. Let me ask you the flip side of that question. Um, what are some of the things that have been more difficult? I mean, you've mentioned loneliness and you know fewer pastors, fewer churches. Sure. When, I, when we were in New York City, I just noticed a lot of people that didn't look happy. Now, I'm coming from like one of the happiest places in America, <laughs> yeah. uh, where people smile and say hi to you, you know, as they walk by on the street. It wasn't like that in New York City. I'm assuming that you know there would be other things like that that would just kind of make it difficult coming from Texas, serving in that context. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, my my personality tends to be kind of abrasive to the point that you know I'm I'm hey how you doing uh, let's introduce ourselves and that kind of thing and like I said before I, I I don't think it's that people are icy or closed off I just think they they're not interested in in knowing who you are until they actually know you and so it's it's a surface level versus the depth thing mm-hmm. and so that uh, seems like a catch twenty two how do you break into that you break into that by lovingly serving and always being there. All right. And so one of the things that our church has to do in order to be successful at what we're trying to do is to just constantly be the same person because people are kind of watching for a while and people are are trying to figure out if you're actually who it is you're presenting yourself to be. And it's going to take them a while to finally cross over that bridge. But once you do, they're in. Hmm. So would you say maybe something like preach and pray, love and stay? Is that some of the <laughs> advice that you would give? Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> so the constantly, what I found interesting about what you just said there is you said, my personality is a little bit abrasive because I'm like, hey, how I'm a Texan. Name? Yeah, but <laughs> but the way you described abrasive was being super yeah. friendly. Down yeah. here, abrasive is when you're a little rude. Like you're, oh, you're in my face. You're kind of being a little rude, but you're, yeah, yeah. you're. Uh, it's perceived differently, yeah. You're outside hospitality. And I've experienced that too with, with people from the north if they come into mm-hmm. Dallas. They have a real issue with what we refer to as Southern hospitality, but that sort of fake facade of being friendly and caring and all that kind of stuff. And really, the person may not have any interest with being your friend. They're just trying to be friendly, you know, and so there's that kind of. And yeah, and I'm not, I'm not attributing a moral value to either one of those things. Neither sure. one of those is, is right or wrong, but it's just different. And so it, it takes a personality that can kind of wade through that and, and use it as a tool. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. Just, I think I would have such a struggle with that right there because <laughs> so much of my ministry philosophy and the way I approach these things is being that yeah. overly friendly person, like coming really yeah. at you and being really close to you and this sort of stuff. And it seems like in certain parts of our country, that would really get me in a lot of trouble. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but at the same time, because it stands out here, it sometimes works to my favor. Mm-hmm. Um just being gregarious when no one else is kind of makes me an instant star of the room uh, in some capacities. And, yeah. and that can be bad. That can be bad. That can be used in a terrible way, uh, in an unchristlike way. But sometimes it can be used for his kingdom, and I'm running with it. Mm. Very cool. Well, Stephen, I really have appreciated your input on ministering to established churches in the north. Do you have any final thoughts or anything uh, to kind of close with as we consider the ideas of the differences? Hey, uh prayerfully consider God sending you here because we need some brothers and sisters working hard. That's a good word. How can people connect with you if they want to connect um, maybe social media wise or some other way? I have more ways than I probably ought to. Uh, Hmm. Pretty much all social media stuff is at Stekawoo, S-T-E-C-A-W-O-O. Or you can email me at Stephen with a P-H at NashuaBaptistChurch.org. Perfect. And um, somebody else who is also connected with us and up in your neck of the woods is Kevin Smith. He follows us and interacts with the show quite a bit. You can follow him on Twitter at Smith Baptist. He's the director of the Baptist Convention in Maryland and Delaware, up towards that area over there in uh, the place that snows all of the time in my mind is constantly (laughs) snowing. We appreciate Kevin following us. I appreciate both of you guys jumping on the show today. Hey, Andrew, you got any final thoughts or words as we close out? Josh, it's just good to be with you. Man, it's always good to hang out with you too. So, all right. Well, we love each other. We love y'all. Thanks for listening. 
You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Support for EST is provided by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. The mission at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. The school is located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and offers more than 40 different degree programs ranging from Associate of Divinity to Doctor of Philosophy. With more than 3,400 students enrolled, Southeastern trains future and current ministry leaders to lead effectively, study the Word diligently, and preach the gospel unashamedly. Learn more about Southeastern by visiting www.sebts.edu. And come check out our campus to see how you can join the Southeastern family and learn how to go to reach your community, your nation, and your world. Wherever you're going, Southeastern will help you get there.